Hammer Horror Podcast. Recorded live at the quarantine station. Hello fellow Hammerites, Paul Farrell here. I've decided to record this pre-intro intro because after the events that unfolded of the evening of our latest and final podcast of this series, I felt it prudent to explain exactly what it is you're about to hear. Now, my fellow podcasters and I debated at some length, I might add, whether or not I should do this. But at the end of the day, I decided I would, because what you're about to experience needs some sort of context. You see, my intention with this series was to have a double bill finale in a location outside our normal studios. And about a year ago, one of my colleagues and I did a ghost tour in a very famous and haunted place in Sydney called the Quarantine Station or Q Station for short. It is located on the water in a Sydney suburb called Manly. It is literally an old post where visitors 100 or so years ago came to Australia via boat and stayed for a period of up to 40 days, sometimes more, in quarantine. For many of our listeners who live overseas, you have to understand Australia is an island and as such is free from many diseases such as rabies and the like, mainly because they have some pretty strict quarantine laws. Ask any overseas visitor who has tried to bring any fruit or wooden souvenirs into the country, they'll know what I'm talking about. Anyway, back in the olden days, the quarantine station was a place where anyone visiting Australia had to stay. It didn't matter which country you came from, it didn't matter if you were royalty or a toilet cleaner, you stayed in a cramped and somewhat unpleasant conditions. And as you could probably guess, there was a fair amount of disease that stayed with them too. So over a period of time, lots of death, lots of sadness, and a lot of suffering ensued. But once the station was retired, mostly due to the advent of air travel, someone had the bright idea to clean it up and turn it into a tourist attraction or hotel. Now, like I said, I did the tour last year with fellow Hammerite Anthony Yee. We actually had a blast. Whether you believe in ghosts or not, it is a rich slice of Australian history and at the very least, you learn a lot of interesting things. As for a haunted experience though, apart from one or two apprehensive moments in some of the spookier locations, I have to say not a lot was to be had. So with that in mind, both Antti and I thought it would be a perfect place to take the other two members of our team Miles Davis and Meredith Murphy for our final podcast. The plan was to take a private tour of the facility, do four podcasts in four separate locations and in between conduct a separate set of interviews and audio tours so you at home could get a feel of the vibe of the place. That was the plan. The podcast sessions laid out on one side of the webpage and the audio tours on the other. Yet That plan went out the window within two minutes because what we hadn't counted on was a couple of things. One, the sensitivity of podcaster Miles Davies, and two, the sensitivity of our tour guide, Jake. And when I say sensitivity, I don't mean they offend easily, I mean they see dead people, as in ghosts, as in very easily. Now a fair number of you have just rolled your eyes, and I don't blame you. Meredith and Anthony went into this whole venture as sceptics, and to their credit, they both still are. But, and I cannot stress this next bit enough, what you are about to hear is real. None of it was faked or staged in any way. 
The events, reactions and descriptions you are about to hear are 100% genuine, experienced and described in real time by everyone involved. What you hear is us experiencing everything as we experienced it, as it happened. Whether these events were actual supernatural activity or a classic example of group hypnosis in action, I don't know. All I know is that our evening was not what any of us had intended or bargained for. Our tour went one hour 45 minutes over time, time we were not charged for due to our tour guide going off script in a session that, well, quite frankly, defies description. We did capture some of it on tape though, so you can hear it and see what I mean. Another thing I should tell you is that at several points parts of the broadcast will be censored. There are a number of reasons for this, but it's primarily to stop too many of the Q station's secrets from being revealed, and in one specific case to stop a particular spirit from being named, as we were politely asked not to by the tour guides. Again, you'll see why once you hear it. Apart from that, I just want to go back to the format one last time. Like I said, our original idea was to separate the podcast from the tour interviews, but since a fair bit of overlap ensued out of the unexpected events of the evening, we highly recommend you listen to both recordings in the order we've laid them out. We also have, where appropriate, attached photographs that were taken on the night, and wherever needed, have written descriptions of events whenever our audio recordings have fallen down which actually happened a few times as there were occasions where events kind of overwhelmed us and a record button was not easily accessible. All I can say is, after this, if you see a guy in a found footage horror movie saying, I have to record everything, and he never buttons off, even when a monster or a demon is chasing him, punch him for being a douche. Anyway, that's what I wanted to say. The next thing you're about to hear is my voice and my fellow podcasters on the eve of what was to be an incredible night, completely and blissfully unaware of what is about to happen. Don't believe it? Do believe it. Either way, we hope you enjoy it. We certainly did. Okay, so this is Anthony Yee for the Hammer Horror Podcast team. Basically, for our finale for this series, we are filming or recording our podcast at the Q Station in Manly, which is one of the most haunted places in all Sydney, Australia. Uh, just Google it. Uh, Q Station Manly, you'll find a bit more about it. But basically, it's now become a tourist attraction. It is a place that used to be a quarantine station before, back in the olden days, I don't know exactly when, um, anybody who came to Australia had to be quarantined here in Manly, in the Q Station. Various different people from all different parts of the world brought all sorts of exotic diseases with them, and a few of them die horrible deaths, and therefore it is one of the most haunted places in all of Sydney. We're in the bus right now. I am with... Meredith. Paul. And Miles. So, yeah, we're the team. So, initial impression, guys? Feelings? Waiting for the ghosties. Yeah. Um, nearly tried to run out of the bus early, so that Screaming. doesn't bode well. <laughs> Um, looking forward to it. Okay. Miles, what do you think? Yeah, I think we get, I think we might see something. Oh. You think you might see... Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. I just got a feeling. So we just better explain. Meredith and I are the cynics. Miles and Paul, to the other extreme end, they're kind of sensitive. Snags. <laughs> they are. <laughs> Snags. They are. Um, and at the front there, you probably can't hear me, is young Jake, our tour guide. G'day, Jake. Hi there. How's it going? Good, good, good. So how long have you worked here? I've worked here for a year now. 
Okay, cool. Well, we're going to catch up with you later and find some really cool stories. No worries. All right. So, very quickly, I just established before that Miles is probably the most sensitive out of all of us when it comes to ghosts and stuff. Miles, tell us very quickly, you are a believer? Yes. Yes. Um, I used to have a, a ghost in my old house of the previous owner, and the neighbour had seen him hanging around um, after he passed on, and, and um, I'd seen him plenty of times. My wife had seen him, and uh, friends who'd come over had seen him just walking around the house. And um, and then we moved out of there, and I got a sneaking suspicion he he might have followed us into the new place as well. Oh, you, you obviously didn't tell me you were moving out. Well, he went a bit quiet when we started renovating the house, and then we didn't hear it much from him until we got into the new house, and every so often I see a, a shadow walking across the hallway and shadow walking across the lounge room. So, And it's actually a very distinctive shadow. He was... He was a little less visible than, than this guy is, so I don't know whether it's still him or somebody else. So, yeah. so when you see things, do you usually see them by yourself or you see them with yeah, your wife? Both see it, like me and my wife see them. At the same time? Yeah, pretty much, yeah. So yeah. You're probably going to see something here with us in the group. Maybe, yeah, maybe. Um, I have been known to see other spirits around and other ghosts around, so you never know, you might, might see something today. I've got a sneaking suspicion that we might see the odd thing. So, but not sure. This is going to be a kick-ass podcast. I'm feeling it. Okay. He's just ready. Here we go. Okay. So, we're in the shower stalls, which is apparently the most haunted place here in all the Q station. And I'm here with Miles, who's just around the corner, and probably the big hot spot in the shower stalls. And he's just said something that's really interesting. Miles, tell us what you just said. I just feel something. He's just around the corner. He's kind of... He's waiting for me to jump, like, walk around the corner. And then he's going to rush me. But I don't want him to rush me, so I'm just kind of edging my way. Because I know he's going to do it. Okay, this is all real. Miles is not putting this on. So all of a sudden he's just made this a bigger experience for me. He's trying... Okay, Miles has just seen him. I'm going to hide in the corner. Meredith is now freaking out. Miles is... You've got to see what I'm seeing right now. Miles is bent over. Staring down the corner, he's believing this 100%. He's seeing a ghost. Yeah, no, he's 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 about to pounce. Okay. <laughs> Miles, want to take a photo? He's he's still. You're like a puppy dog, dude. You're like a puppy dog staring at the corner of a wall. Uh, Miles has just seen one of your ghosts around the corner. Ah, yes. So I'm here with Jake and Miles. Now, Jake has actually seen this ghost as well. <laughs> so it's kind of hey, freaking Miles. me out. Oh, Miles has just ran at me. No, I just saw him just running with his legs running down. Yeah. Okay. All right. So uh, just look at the tour guide, Jake. Apparently he's never seen something in this location. He's now seen something in this location. Jake, what are you seeing? I'm seeing a shadow figure. I'm not too sure which spirit this is, but he does look as if he's just hanging around at the moment. Yeah. But he did charge us just a moment ago, so maybe we should just he's leave him alone a bit. Now. He is I, quite I close. Said, yeah, he's, he's, he's not that far away. He's about two cubicles away. I just saw him swinging his arm before. I saw a hand, so... Yeah. Okay, can't stress this enough. This is genuine. These guys are really <laughs> saying this. They're not putting this on.
You're listening to the Hammer Horror Podcast. The Satanic Rites of Dracula. So hello, here we are. We're in the uh, quarantine station in Manly for our special podcast record of the last two instalments of the Dracula franchise that Hammer Horror put together, The Satanic Rites of Dracula and Legend of the Seven Golden Vampires. Uh, this is Paul Farrell, joined once again with Anthony Yee, Hello. Meredith Murphy, Hello. and Miles Davies. Yay. So um, we're going to kick off straight away. Um, we're, um, we're in the... Uh, in the shower block at the moment of the quarantine station. There's already been an interesting amount of activity going on with a, with a certain spirit in mind, and I'm, I kid you not, um, this has actually occurred. Um, probably the most sensitive of our team is Miles Davies, and he's already experienced something, as has our guy Jake. Um, so, yeah, bodes well. We're, we're part of the process as while we're recording around uh, this location is just to see if anybody uh, wants to chip in um, so there may be uh, some comments we may pick up. Who knows? Um, but, yeah, so that's essentially where we're at. Um, hopefully Jake will kind of fill, fill us in a bit more just before we leave as to uh, a bit more of the history of where we're recording in particular. But let's crack on with um, the first of the movies we're going to talk about, The Satanic Rites of Dracula. So this is... Um, uh, we're already straight away uh, into 70s London again, which is following on from the podcast that Meredith and I spoke about, Dracula AD 1972. And this is uh, supposedly a sequel of sorts from that movie as well. And interestingly, I noticed straight off the bat these weird silhouette things going on over the credits, which I thought was kind of interesting. And we're already kind of straight away open with this kind of very strange satanic seance that's going on, and this nude woman is uncovered and then there is a uh, we cut to this man who's tied up in a bed completely nude um he's not nude, he's not nude. <laughs> I'm just saying, yeah naked woman yeah, naked woman, yeah. I, um so this guy's tied up in a bed evidently he's like a prisoner of sorts and he he breaks free from his bonds and then makes his escape only to trip the alarm um it is then we discover that the prisoner is in the same house uh, as the seance itself someone shoots um, a guy on a bike and he crashes into a fence uh, another dude on a bike turns up and he's shot in the face uh, and the prisoner escapes in a waiting car so this has all happened right in the very get-go so there's a lot of weird stuff going on and yeah. um, early thoughts um and, and hey, was, i just remember the one of the boobies was women with the boobies yeah well, so really, this I, is the last one i saw was like set back yeah in you, you, you've been away from a little while but yeah. more and more boobs there is more boo. Yeah, yeah. 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 And they've, they've definitely kind of crossed that taboo <laughs> line. <laughs> it was very unmotivated boo, though. So, um, yeah, the dude escaping, well, the guys with the bike riders are trying to rescue him, yeah? Or is he, they chasing No, him? the bike riders are chasing him. They're, that's right. They're, they're yes. part of which, which comes yeah. clearer, I guess, laid down the track, that they're part of Dracula's kind of henchmen, minions. And the henchmen, um, Sherling Vess. And Sherling yes. Vess, a la what I'm wearing today in honor of it. He suited up. Um, yeah, I am, sure. indeed. He's dressed as one of the temples. So it was like one of those things that you want and to join our club. Yeah, if you want to join yeah. our Dracula Satanic yeah, that's it. Got to have a vest. Got to have a vest. So, yeah, so it's all kind of like, and, they, you know, already this this one's very much kind of like thriller, espionage kind of feel that they're trying to go for and uh, already in the throes of that straight away. Then the next scene that we kind of pick up on is there's the prisoner in question. He wakes up in this hospital and um, he's kind of being quizzed by these people um, and he tells them about this kind of ritual that's been taking place. And we, late, we kind of find out in the process of this, this is some kind of FBI undercover 
uh, group, and they're trying to infiltrate this kind of a cult that's been going on. Um, unfortunately, the prisoner in question ends up dying in this scene. Um, and then this Professor Murray's called in from some kind of special branch, and he's assigned to the case. And then we cut back to this uh, the seance in question from before. Yeah, it just keeps going. <laughs> uh, and uh, there's like a goblet of rooster blood which is poured onto the naked woman just for shits and giggles. Um, and uh, the man at the seance, the men at the seance, all appear to be people in well respected positions of society. There is, however, a mysterious fifth person. Mm. That's right. I wonder who he could be. He doesn't photograph well. He doesn't. That's no. Yeah. Boy. Um, then um, all of a sudden, like uh, some guys tell Jane, who's this woman from the agency, um, and they're all on motorbikes in said vests, um, and she's then cornered and kind of kidnapped. The cut back to the ongoing seance again. A naked woman is stabbed and killed. Hence, the sacrifice has been made. Then, Professor Lorimer Van Helsing is mentioned by the FBI as an expert on the occult. Cut to Peter Cushing, the god, the legend, listening to the prisoner's taped confession. The uh, I've written here, um, Naked Chick Awakens from the um, seance, and she is now the living dead. Close-up of her wound healing, and then Van Helsing discusses his knowledge of the occult with the FBI. Enter Jessica Van Helsing, who's the granddaughter, who is not Stephanie Beecham this time round, but the delightful Joanna Lumley. Pretty. And uh, it's revealed that Van Helsing knows one of the seance men and poses to talk to this man to find out more about what is going on. Um, yes, which we all would love to know at this stage. There's a lot of crazy shit going on. So then Van Helsing goes to visit the professor, who's been acting suspiciously. Said professor, by the way, is one of my ultimate kind of gurus. I think he's awesome. And I'm not going to mention his name just yet, because we'll talk about the players of the piece towards the end. Um, but I quite like this character and the way it's been portrayed. Um, the woman from the agency, who's Jane, um, she then wakes up in the same room as the prisoner from the previous uh, scene um, at the beginning of the movie. The room shakes and through the door, another doorway entrance, comes Dracula. Dum, dum, dum. I, did it. I did it again. I did it. <laughs> Christopher Lee uh, then comes in and he, uh, uh, she sorry, succumbs to his advances and is bitten. Um, cut back to the scene with uh, Van Helsing talking to this mad professor dude and he, he says this really cool speech which kind of uh, talks about evil will win through, um, which I thought was really nice, and I, I kind of did a bit mm. of a nod to that, thought it was a cool, cool moment. Van Helsing then um, slaps this babbling professor, um, <laughs> which I thought was quite <laughs> funny, um, and then reveals uh, that he is not uh, set on releasing a bubonic plague. Um, so, um, And then at which point, one of the suede waistcoat guys turns up and shoots Van Helsing, uh, when Van Helsing wakes up, the professor has hung himself. Um, so was it's all he hung? Kind of, he, he was hung. He was hung. Yeah, but he didn't hang himself. He was hung by the... Oh, it's alluded that he's <laughs> hung himself. Why would he hang himself? Ah, oh, for shits and giggles. Oh, okay. Running um, petri dishes, I think. So... That he touched with his <laughs> bare hands. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. like, oh, oh, dear. Better kill myself. I didn't sanitize. So the... <laughs> <laughs> my sanitize, my sanitize. Give me some <laughs> Um, at this point, Inspector Murray turns back up. So he was in the previous movie too. Um, and he um, goes to the house with Jessica Van Helsing and they sneak about the grounds. The two detectives are greeted by the Asian woman who was from the uh, seance scene. Chinese woman, they identified her as Chinese. 
Oh, do they do? Okay, sweet. Excellent. So, Chinese woman. And then um, the uh, then Jessica sneaks into this the basement of the house where the body of Jane is lying in there, chained to the wall. She appears to be dead, but bears her fangs. More vampire women then appear surrounding Jessica with crappy slow-mo effects. Which I thought was fun. Um, the detectives hear her screams and go in search of her and to rescue her. Uh, Peter, one of the detectives, goes to rescue Jane, not realising that she is a vampire. A struggle ensues, and uh, Murray manages to break a piece of wood and stabs her through the heart. They escape, but are pursued by the suede, uh, suede bikers. Eventually, yes, she died eventually. No, he divers around, yeah. looking around for... Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what, yeah. <laughs> what do I do? What do I do? Yeah, almost like I'm running upstairs. <laughs> Excuse, Excuse me. me. I'll be right back. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. And then you want to kill me. Excuse me, Chinese woman. Uh, you wouldn't happen to have a piece I'm of wood. I'm looking for a stay. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to ask. Okay. Um, and then, weirdly, the detectives and Van Helsing are drinking some strange red substance. I don't know if you guys noticed it's, that. Oh, yeah. It was like a. No, no, it was soup, wasn't it? Was it soup? It was soup. Yeah. But it was red. Yeah, well, there's a bit of tomato soup. Tomato soup. <laughs> 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 tomato soup it just looked really odd to me. But I was you, just like... Did you notice the first thing that Jeremy comes back after being captured? is like, I'll take those. I'll take those. I'll clear up after Seriously, you. the 70s just knew how to, how to do it, didn't they? Mm, yes. <laughs> You're really <laughs> going there, eh? <laughs> He's going there. Oh, me. But the whole... The whole that was that thing of like, could you take this coffee? Could you take this tea? That's a good thing. Mm. That was just so implied. Cool. Just every day. Sorry, I just like no, 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 absolutely. I mean, that was a sign of the times as well. Totally yeah. the times. <coughs> the first thing was to take the plates whilst the men talked. Yes, do you notice that? that yeah. That's really freaking the shit out of me too, dude. Yeah. It's just Jake sitting behind me, but I just sense the presence. I've taken a photo of how he's sitting behind Paul. I'm, just, <laughs> I'm just staring at the paper. paper. I'm not <laughs> using my peripheral vision. I am clinging to my cynicism no. and I'm not going to fool myself if anything comes around the no, corner. No, just staying so still. I just feel that why. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, we're Sensory about, deprivation. We're about halfway through the movie plot now, so let's, let's crunch on. Mm-hmm. The, um, so um, Van Helsen at this point, he talks about the numerous ways that Dracula can be killed and the potential Armageddon that could uh, come about. Uh, the detectives closely monitor this house and question where all the sciences have been happening. Uh, one guy discovers that the colonel um, has been shot in the head. Uh, he, in turn, is then shot in cold blood. So people are starting to be dispatched to the front center. Van Helsing then melts a silver crucifix to form a bullet. That was cool. The guy's a he, genius. He, he, yeah. he made the bullet, but that's... <laughs> Not what a bullet is. It's actually a casing with magnesium and a primer. He didn't actually make the oh, bullet. No, he made the bullet. Piece of metal. <laughs> yeah, he just made a piece of metal. He didn't actually make the bullet that would fire the piece of metal. So, for the sake of suspension of disbelief, he made a bullet, right? He would be better off throwing it really hard. That's how useful it was. And that. Cut out. Seriously. I did think, well, I wonder why he put it straight in the gun. Why did he put it in the gun? Mate, when he got click, he got lots of marathons. Yeah, I forgot something. Look, Dracula, over there, it's a badger. Down the laws of physics. Look, where? Run away. I got it wrong, guys. Can't make bullets. Oh, there's another page. Oh, shit. Okay, so then Jessica Van Helsing and Murray then... 
they start getting shot at by this sniper dude and they start running yeah, to try and escape. That's right. That just like appears. Yeah. Except suede-vested dudes, man. Exactly. Come on. With silences. With silences. Yeah. Um, anyway, so they kind of reach the colonel's car, thinking they've got their salvation, and you realise that, yeah, they've been led into a trap. Van Helsing then turns up at the office and asks to meet with Mr. Denham. This is the best part of it. The security guy tells him to go through. So Van Helsing goes in a lift and finds Denham, or Dracula, sitting at a desk. A light is shining in Van Helsing's eyes so that he can't see him properly, Except even though the audience can. <laughs> <laughs> this is the charm of making films back in the day when it was all film. You didn't know until you got it back when your cinematographer would have gone, oh shit. You can kind of see Christopher, Christopher Lee. Lee. That's Christopher Lee. Totally Christopher Lee. Wait, is he Mr. Denham? I can't believe that. <laughs> I got my sons wrong. Sorry about that. Dracula, uh, he also disguises his voice to sound, and I put here Asian. No. Was that just me? He was Italian, I thought. Really? Every cop down Meredith, you say Irish. Irish. I don't know. I, I, I don't know what it was. It was, I, it, it was, it was bad. It was Jamaican. It was, it was <laughs> All right, man. She wanted it, to do it. Mr. It was, Denham. It was just, it was not right. <laughs> it was dark to this. I don't know. It was. <laughs> it was. I just thought that was a bit odd. I made a note of that. That was the thing that struck you as odd about the entire <laughs> Well, no, no, no. There's, there's more odd things to come. <laughs> it's, especially this bit here, where Van Helsing pretends to spill some documents on the floor. So and he managed to knock off. I loved that. Someone else's desk. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to knock your shit off your yeah. desk. Oh, there and I then go. Secrete a Bible amongst the pile. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And just just so that you can't see it. As you do. And, and then the and very, then very next thing. And then Dracula leans in to pick up the documents and burns his hand, hand on the Bible. Oh, and genius! The big, reveal, the big reveal. Revealing his identity, mm. and then Van Helsing raises a crucifix and points a gun at Dracula. Goes to fire it, but then realizes that it's a crap bullet. And then, no, he doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> but then the, the men from the seance turn up and they, uh, they go to kill him, but Dracula wants Van Helsing to suffer with the pain of Jessica. So, uh, the mm, classic just not killing him yeah, when don't you have kill a chance. Him yet. Telling him your whole plan yeah. and then not killing him. We've seen this so many times, it's, we know how it's going to end. So, As quoted by, uh, was it Dr. Evil to his son, Scott, you just don't get it. You just don't get it, I know, that's right, exactly. Now then Murray awakens in the uh, basement, so he's the uh, inspector dude that was with Jessica Van Helsing. And the Asian woman, or Chinese woman, sorry, is there. He begins to fall under her hypnotic charm and then manages to shake free from it in time to realise that she's a vampire. Sorry, don't need to do dramatic effect. He somehow throws a net over her. Just a handy. Yeah, just a net. And then they struggle. He pins her to the down and stakes her through the heart but is then attacked by more vampire girls. With the hissing noise. Yeah. The scariest hissing noise. <laughs> You right there? Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> it's my fangs. Yeah, that can't pull properly with the fangs. He forms. He for, he then forms this kind of makeshift crucifix and and plans his escape but, yeah, by. I loved that. that. Yeah. The stabbing. We we've kind of brought this up before, but if just putting two anything together you know, at a ninety degree angle to each other. Yeah. 
Surely the entire world that surrounds you as a vampire is a crucifix in some form. Yeah. Like this brick pattern, that's a crucifix. It is. So how the hell does that work? You just stand behind it. Uh, you just close your eyes, which is what Meredith is doing right now. Yeah. She's, yeah. she's so freaked out about the place. You don't just concentrate you know, just, on the I just, I just, I don't want to open the door too much to things wanting to say hello. That's all. That's all. Anyway, so he... Can I just say this he, whole podcast, Miles has been looking over his left shoulder. Well, that's... Is he, out of interest, Miles, is he there? Or? Yeah, yeah, he's been there the whole time. Cool. Does he agree with what we're saying? He, he probably was. Was he a fan of 1970s uh, British? He probably stuff? wasn't a, like he wouldn't have been around. Jake, I know you're around there somewhere, but he wouldn't have been around Jake in the 70s. Walked would he? off. So what, what era would uh, this gentleman be from? He would have been about the 1930s. Yeah. So okay. Like, very early on. So he may have been familiar with Bella Lugosi's Dracula. Who was a very fine Dracula. Was a very fine Dracula indeed. So he may, by me saying that, he may understand what we're talking about like later films that have been made uh, around the subject matter of Dracula anyway pushing on with the movie um, so uh, the inspector dude has made this kind of crucifix um, and then he kind of uh, makes his escape by turning on the sprinkler system it falls to the floor the with grainy effects in the film Again, um, no, I thought there was a certain charm to the grainy you turn effect. on water <laughs> yeah. okay, so okay, well, it's running water it's, so it's, what happens with running water everyone we yeah. saw this in AD 72. I'm like, I'm still in the water. So, so no, no, no. no. A, a vampire can be killed with running water. Why? Shouldn't it be holy water? Exactly. Because it's wet. And I think this is why <laughs> I looked at this one very much as a sequel. To, they're just yes. making it up. Now. They kind of are making it up as they go along. I mean, this came into, I can't try to remember the, uh, the one where it first came about, but it was the it was one the with Andrew one. Keir. Um, the woman we, the, shoots through the, the ice. The ice. That's what we about. Yeah, well, that was Prince of uh, Prince yeah. of Darkness, then, wasn't it? So um, yeah, it was the third. The third taking movie. the interpretation of literally running uh, running water. water. And so when the seventies hit, they used that by going, "Oh, how else can we do running water? I know a shower and a sprinkler system." Can I just say though, human beings, eighty yep. percent water. Yeah, we want to pass them. They're fucked. <laughs> just saying. Only 80% of them is fucked, though. <laughs> yeah. <well. laughs> don't, they, don't they drink us? So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Blood, yeah water. Well, if you're going to be a quib about it. <laughs> 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 all right. too close to your <laughs> Okay, so look, anyway. <laughs> so look at it from a distance, it falls apart. But still, that is part of its charm. Okay. All right, so at this point, the inspector discovers that Jessica's on this uh, sacrificial table and he runs up the stairs when he hears the seance men returning with Dracula and Van Helsing. But what is it about the Van Helsing women that they all end up on that bloody table? Every single one of them, never mind. It's a wonderful They do, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Anyway. You all end up on the table at some point in your life. Okay. Okay. So then uh, Dracula then makes uh, some candles light up. Because he's magic. <laughs> magic. Um, <laughs> magic hands, magic hands. <laughs> Look at my eyes. Look at my eyes. All around my eyes. Just into my eyes. Okay. So then Murray discovers the security room and can see what is happening um, on the security camera. Dracula threatens to wipe out humanity with the manufactured plague and will save Jessica by turning her into one of the walking dead. Under Dracula's spell, one of the men breaks the vial containing the plague and immediately collapses. His body being eaten away. And I said here, good makeup effects. God, that was pretty good. It was, I remember it was being... Okay. <laughs> I liked it. Okay, anyway. Yeah. Meanwhile, the inspector dude struggles with a swayed biker upstairs. He eventually manages to escape as the guy electrocutes himself with his own undoing. 
The wiring then. Yeah, with a spanner or something. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, the wiring sets fire to the house, and then Murray uh, grabs Dr- Jessica and escapes the house. Van Helsing and Dracula confront one another for one last time, whilst Van Helsing jumps out of a smashed window. <laughs> Dracula follows him. The uh, Inspector Murray goes back into the house to see Van Helsing's there, but sees the house is in flames. And then Van Helsing discovers some kind of tree whose thorns can kill Dracula. Hawthorne. Hawthorne. And, and why Dracula would have Hawthorne in the grounds of his secret right yeah. away. I know. More and fool him. But exactly. it's, it's Van Helsing, he sees him, and he makes a beeline, come hell or high water, he goes through the thorns. Yeah. Through the Hawthorne. That's and they, it. And they start tearing them apart and just entangling him as they do. That's so right. So Dracula comes... about the Hawthorne earlier on, you go, you know what? That's, that's, that's <laughs> <how it's> <laughs> <laughs> Of course. might have some of that growing in the property. Yeah. But yeah. a part of me did think, God's sake, Dracula, just... Don't just back yourself out. So this was the interesting Turn thing, around. wasn't it? So so then Dracula decides to go through these thorns and you know starts to collapse. Um, and Van Helsing grabs a wooden spike from a nearby fence, which is kind of handy that it's there. St- stakes him through the heart. Dracula's body smoulders and turns to ash. Close up of Dracula's skull smouldering. Van Helsing stoops up, picks up Dracula's signature ring. Close credits with seventies theme. The end of the movie. And we will talk about our thoughts on that movie when we move to our next destination. What do we think of this location, guys? So, what do we think? We're in the um, we're in the uh, shower block. Uh, we've already I had some kind of activity. More miles and our guide Jake picking something up. I think it's. I I haven't sensed it's, it's anything awesome. to be honest. I've I've only but. just womaned up enough to start looking around the room properly. <laughs> <laughs> cool. All right, well, we'll conclude there. We'll pick up our second part where we'll talk about our thoughts on Satanic Rites of the Dracula and also the players of the piece. We just reached the end of our first podcast in the shower room. Our guy, Jake, has just said, whilst we were doing our podcast, held around Paul's microphone, that four of the ghosts have... Where are they at the moment, Jake? There's two down the very end, and then there's one about halfway down. He keeps peeking out of the shower block, and then the one that was behind Miles, I saw him run down the side to stand right in the corner. Yeah, I was seeing him, feeling him around there while we were talking, so... Are they... Is it mainly male ghosts you find here? or So was this just a male shower block? Or? No, this was both male and female. There are a few female spirits in here. However, the ones that I've sent so far are all male. Male spirits, men by nature are more aggressive and more instinctual and so on. And so they often are the ones who interact the most. Yeah. Do you find, though... Like, I've been on a few ghost tours and I'm sort of more on the cynical side probably because I'd be too scared if I went, do you find, though, and most people that sort of report back on it, like when they've felt something, is it more of a sort of angry spirits or are most of them just curious, just what's the sort of vibe that comes off them? It can change. It varies. A few of the times the children's spirits that we have here it's generally a calming, peaceful yeah. uh, feeling. Uh, a few of the other spirits are a little bit angrier. Yeah. And then, that is uh, fucking awesome. Show Jake quick. Yeah. Oh, that, is, that is brilliant. 
That is so good. So just to explain, Miles is to, uh, is our photographer for tonight, yeah, exactly and he has actually just picked yeah, up uh, two silhouetted images at the entrance of the doorway, which is pretty cool in my book. For me, that's I mean I've seen orbs in photos before, but these are I mean we'll, we'll post it for sure. So it's kind of a. Yeah, to me, that's that's they're definitely a silhouette of a, of a humanoid shape. Very cool. Um, Once again, this is not put on. I am the dead cynic of the group, and these guys are reacting, and they believe it. So, yeah, the Meredith. Cynic is clinging to a lantern for dear life. <laughs> okay, so we just left the first location, which was the shower block, and we're now moving to the second location. Following the group, I'm following the group from behind. In front of me is Miles. In front of him is Meredith, in front of him is Paul, and the very front is Jake, our tour guide. We are walking single file with lanterns in the middle of the dark. We're in a bunch of buildings. This is the nurses' quarters we're walking through here. Okay, so we got a cupboard in the corner here. <laughs> was, that, was it open when we walked in? Why? Is there something about that cupboard? Yes, but I cannot talk about it. Unfortunately. Okay. Uh, because of restrictions. Because of restrictions. Yes. Not can we about say, this. Can we say off offline? Offline. Yes. Okay. So uh, just I'm gonna go offline. Basically, there's a cupboard in the corner that just the door just opened. It's it my creaked open. Yeah. Yeah. It's door. Those doors just kind of creaked open. Apparently, Meredith said it was open before we got in here. But it definitely has creaked open and it's gotten a bit wider. Than than it was when we first got in this room. Jake said there's a story behind it. Unfortunately, we can't tell you what the story is, but he's going to tell us offline, so I'm switching off. However, however, if you do choose to come to the quarantine station, you'll be able to find that out for yourselves. On the extreme ghost tour. There's an extreme level of ghost tour here. So, yeah. Uh, oh, it's opening again. It's actually widening up even further still. So the cynic here has actually seen it. So that's kind of cool. You're listening to the Hammer Horror Podcast. The Satanic Rites of Dracula. So welcome back for the second uh, part of our discussions on Satanic Rites of Dracula. We've spoken about the movie uh, in a little bit of detail about the plot. Thoughts on the movie? We'll go around the table. Meredith? Thoughts on the movie? Um, was very much to me a sequel to our previous film. Mm -hmm. did the Dracula AD 1972. Indeed it was. Um, obviously with Swapsy for Jessica. Um, yes. With the lovely Joanna Lumley, who I was very happy to see. Yes. Um, apart from that, though, the film was a bit all over the place yeah. for me, I'm afraid. Um, Don't be afraid, it's true. I think I, I read on the internet some Christopher Lee's... Uh, responses to it, and I think I'm a bit on the same page as Mr. Yeah. In that, I think it was one of those franchises that had just got to that stage yeah. where they were churning them out. Was this his last one? This was. I was about to say that this is actually his uh, his curtain call for the role of Dracula in a Hammer vehicle. Um, Sorry, so, no, I just saw something just go. No worries. Um, so Miles is just picking up a bit of energy for those people at home. Um, just to clarify again, we're in the nurse's uh, station, is it? No, no, it's the hospital. Yeah, hospital. Um, we've already experienced again a, a 
bit of a to and frame, particularly from my A spirit, which we aren't able to talk about. But if you do come along to the uh, extreme ghost tours, you can find out for yourself about who this person is. Um, so yeah, so it's definitely got all of our attention. Um, so yeah, so anyway, the, with uh, Christopher Lee, he's uh, his last uh, turn in the film as Dracula, as I said. And your thoughts on the movie? Yeah, I, well, I, the last movie I saw was the second film, I think. The uh, Dracula, Prince of Darkness? Yeah, so I've taken a bit of a leap, chronologically yep. speaking. So to me, it was a huge thing. It was like, oh, boobies. And- well, there was a, this was another reason why I haven't had you kind of taken part in this, because I really wanted somebody that had seen what I called the old school formula mm. movies, and then jumping straight to what those form- what happened to that formula <laughs> down the track. Um, and to the extremes it went. So, uh, um, was there anything that stood out for you at all? Or uh, it just struck me as as they were trying to modernise it for that time. Yeah, and it was the seventies. Very much so. And the other thing that was going on as groovy in the seventies was in the film. Espionage. Espionage for this. The spy stuff. thing kind of kind of a bit weird. That's right. And yeah, all it the was. Things we talked about about take the take my tea, take my coffee. Take my <laughs> like, yeah, that's yeah. What they're expected to do. At a little Citizen Kane ish esque at the beginning with the um the investigation, sort of reviewing the footage and yeah, you know, almost like it was like Citizen Kane meets Spooks meets yeah you know, yeah kind of weird that bit where they were um, listening to the uh, to the uh, recorded footage mm. too, you know, they, or, you know, it was quite yeah. I, I like that moment. Peter Cushing was uh, listening back to the audio tape of of um, the uh, the victim and him trying to recount what had happened to him and then mm. there was lots of screaming and yeah it was cool uh, Miles any other thoughts that you want to bring to was, the table I think it was beautifully shot like the mm. cinematography was amazing um, uh, obviously you know the cinematographer was the guy who did um, shot Badlands and Poor Cow and yep and he did a stack of Aussie films as well. Yeah, he's become a bit of a, a... At this point, like I said to Meredith in the last podcast, um, you really look at... It's interesting looking at the Dracula franchise because you can really kind of split right down the middle and kind of one end is like more old school and the other end is this kind of, I guess, wild and frenzied view. And the difference in between cinematography and direction is evident when you kind of weigh them both up next to each other. Um, I, I, on the whole, my view of the movie is that it was really convoluted. Um, I, I really felt it was a good premise, and they really didn't nail it. Yeah, I, I, I just I struggled with it too, and I to echo what Meredith was saying is that um, you can kind of see why this was Christopher Lee's last <laughs> turn in the role. Um, so yeah, anyway, but, well, let's talk about the players of the piece. So we've got Christopher Lee. Let's talk about him because you know this is this is his final moment. Um, as as Dracula in the franchise, um, what do we think? Um, did, did did he pay service to the role of Dracula in this one, or uh, you think his hands were too tied and he's just turning up with the pay, give yeah, me the he, money and okay? He didn't really, didn't he? Just, yeah. I mean, he just was just going for the motions. Yeah. The, t- the whole Italian slash Jamaican slash Chinese, I don't know. Character. I mean, that scene was just, just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That that scene was hysterical. Yeah, yeah, that was, it was. the thing that got me, and, and the lining and the actual convoluted way to get him to touch the Bible. Um, <laughs> I, did, I, I do remember the, the fire thing. They were literally walking very close to the fire. Yeah. Because it was all done on wide shot. Yeah, that's the, the, and just uh, talking about the climax yeah, of the Yeah, climax of the film. And that struck me because in this totally litigious age and of being, people being really safe, they wouldn't have been allowed to do that. But I'm mm. thinking at the time, holy crap, he's running through the set and it's on fire. Yeah. And yeah. he goes very close to the flame. So I did like that. 
Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah. I, 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 I felt that yeah, it was a bit of a paint by numbers performance. Um, he's been paid because by this point he is directly, you know. And mm. So and from a from then cinema movie going audience would still pay to see him in that role because he he'd made it his own. Mm. Um, and very much for doing the legwork early on, you know, and it could kind of he could afford to arguably rest on his laurels at the stage. I think there was definitely some going through the motions, but at the same time, it's Christopher Lee playing Dracula. Yeah, so it, that's right. It was still great. <laughs> Indeed. Well, let's talk also about the other the other Hammer um, regular Peter Cushing turning up again as Lorimer Van Helsing. Um, it, I, in, I've said countless times in this podcast. I've, I'm now I've done all nine or nine films, and I really like the guy. Um, be he um, Van Helsing, Doctor Who, yeah, um, you know, whatever. Like Grand Moff Tarkin, yeah. I, I've always admired him as a as a actor and his style and presence that he brings to a movie. And you look at his performance as. Van Helsing from the first movie, where he was a lot more younger, he's a bit more energetic. Mm. Does the uh, does the uh, famous run running down the table to pull down the curtains, yep. which was actually his idea mm-hmm. for the movie. Mm-hmm. And you compare him to how he is now; he's a lot more frail, um, yep. but he plays to that, you know. Mm. And I and I think, unfortunately, I, like I preferred him in AD seventy two because I really think they highlighted that more. And he was a bit more MacGyver in that. Like, yeah, he really suited up. To get That's right. Whereas this, yeah. Misguided bullet making. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> thanks. <laughs> thanks for sharing. <laughs> yeah. How about how about everyone else? I mean, like. Uh, uh, all I think, all I think is like because he's the ancestor of Van Helsing, yeah. The, the original. Yeah, yeah. His yeah. grandson. So every time he has a son, he's gonna go. I'm really sorry about you. Know, your adult years is gonna be really shit. <laughs> Because that's all you're going to have to fight yeah, the Prince of Darkness. darkness. Mm. Sorry, love. Yeah. Sorry, dude. Um, Miles, what did, what did, do you want to add anything to uh, Peter Cushing? Yeah, I just couldn't understand the, the smoking thing. He seemed like to smoke like a chimney, but yeah. he didn't inhale a, a single you know, <laughs> breath. Did. And I was like, what's the deal with the smoking? I think maybe it was like... I know, it's a bit they late for the cool factor, isn't it? They know it's bad for you yeah. around that stage. And it's just like... Can't stop yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Was he? A, I think he was a smoker, though. Don Don, bloody Everybody was like yeah, Don Draper, <laughs> Don Van Helsing. Yeah, cool. Um, all right. Well, let's talk about. Um, yeah, we we we've said our nods and stuff to those two. They they are hammer through and through, and, I, and it's it's hard to imagine a movie without those two in a hammer vehicle. I know that it did happen, but generally, if one or the other was in it, it tended yeah. to per- perform. Even the movies like this one, where it's it's not the strongest of movies, they do bring a lot of energy to it. I'm just going to pause really slightly because I saw a flash of light just over there. Yeah, did you see, see that? No, I, I saw it go across before. I literally it's, saw it in this like corner. Like a little dot of light. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's darting around the room. Far out. It just literally caught the corner of my eye. Sorry, everyone. <laughs> I don't mean to scare no, everyone that's I, here. I just keep moving the lamps. <laughs> <laughs> is that what it is? Listen, yeah. Sorry. I'm just a head spin. <laughs> the gas, the gas, I think it's honestly just to play the old, you know, old debut. The gas yeah. probably does make you. It did make me a bit busy earlier. I'm not, I, I don't think it's woozy. I just literally, it was something that caught my eye. It was over here, and it kind of went like that, and then I lost sight of 
side of it. Anyway, let's talk about the other people that are involved. We see Michael Cole's return, so he's the uh, the inspector dude that's in it. He does an okay job, Ron Bonham Hill. I thought yeah. he was all right. Was he the one with the white hair? No, 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 no. He was, he was the main, yeah, the younger yeah, the dude. Yeah, he was, he was all right. And we also get, um, we're, we're losing Meredith. <laughs> we, um, we also have um, William Franklin playing uh, the role of Torrance, so he's the older guy. He uh, was in Quartermass 2 so as another hammer vehicle, but interestingly, he also voiced Danger Mouse in the pilot episode. Oh, really? Yeah. The man is a god. Yeah. Before uh, David Jason came on board. Yeah, yeah. So I thought that was kind of a cool factor. Now we get to the guy I was hinting at earlier in the first part of the podcast um, who uh, played the professor. This guy is called Freddie Jones, and he's a bit of, a, bit of an idol of mine. Um, a lot of it is because he's heavily uh, involved in a lot of Lynch films, and I'm a big David Lynch fan. Um, but he actually became famous for the role of Claudius in the TV series The Caesars. And as I said, he was in, he was in a, a lot of Lynch films, notably The Elephant Man. Um, he played the uh, circus guy in that. Mm-hmm. Has anyone seen that movie? Yeah, yeah. Um, he was also he also crops up in June and Wild at Heart and a couple yeah, of shorts mm-hmm. as well. Um, he was also in Frankenstein Must Be Destroyed. He's in Young Sherlock Holmes. Your That's favorite. I love that movie. Yeah, it was a good movie. <laughs> um, and he was also in the TV series Neverwhere, which is a Neil Gaiman um, book, oh, which got yeah, turned yeah, into yeah. a BBC series, which recently just got turned into a radio play um, as well, which was pretty cool. Um, and he's also the father of the actor Toby Jones. Ah, okay. If you like Dawn Dawn. So Toby Jones, for those who may not know, um, recently cropped up in Tinker Taylor's Soldier Spy as Tinker. Was he Tinker? Anyway, he's the he's the guy that takes over um, John Hurt's role in the movie. But he's also cropped up in bloody numerous things. He's evil man of the Doctor, isn't he? He is Dreamland. Dream Lord, thank you, from Doctor Who. Um, so, yeah, he's, he's a bit of a... The, the geeks have gone off on one, Mary. <laughs> yeah, no, no, they have. I think he's yeah. also... And he's in, in The Girl. Yes. A yes. Bond film, though. I'm convinced he's been Probably. in one of the new Bond films as a baddie. He plays really? a baddie. Really? Really? Are you sure? I'm going to bust out the iPhone. You have to so. bust out the iPhone. Yeah, We're not sure. Okay. Okay, with the last few people, just a really quick, before we talk about the Hammer Glamour section, there's Patrick Barr, who um, was also in Octopussy, again, another James Bond thing, and Billy Lyle, which is one of my favourite British films of all time. Um, again, we have Alan Gibson returning to the role of the director's chair, um, and also Don Houghton, once again, takes on writing duties. Both of these guys became influential within the latter stages of Hammer. Cool. Well, let's talk about the Hammer Glamour section. Okay. Um, so, Joanna Lumley, yeah. Jessica Van Helsing. Um, before we talk about our thoughts on her in, in, in the role, I'll just give you a quick rundown of, of her background. So, uh, Satanic Rites of Dracula was her only Hammer appearance. Um, interestingly, she, turned, she was turned down by RADA, and that's when she turned into uh, moving more into the modelling industry. Um, she became cast as one of Blofeld's angels on, one, on Her Majesty's Secret Service. Cropped up very early in uh, soap, British soap Coronation Street. Yay! More probably <laughs> known for um, The New Avengers. Um, and also um, was in Sapphire and Steel, both very popular uh, British TV series. Um, she's more known today as, obviously, Patsy in Ab Fab. Um, and I've written down here as well just something that was quite interesting. She described Peter Cushing as the most gentle man I've ever met. 
Oh, that's quite a nice little nod. So what do we think, though, of, of Joanna Lumley? Obviously, she's filling in the shoes of Stephanie Beach and Witchwood. I know, you, I know you didn't see that one. I mean, I'll, I'll go to yeah. Meredith first, because she did see said movie with me. Um, what do you think? Does she? What do you think of her interpretation of Jessica? I think she did Jessica justice. I really liked Stephanie Beecham, mm. but I love Joanna Lumley, so I was very, very happy, despite her scary eyebrows, <laughs> to see her crop up in this. <laughs> they are very manicured in the 1970s. Yeah. But, you know, she, she played a very similar role well, obviously it's the same character, but played it in a similar way to Stephanie Beecham. She is very much the yeah. the, the good, intelligent girl of That's the right. I, I felt Not a complete wet blanket. I, not, no, but I felt this time round... There was a definite difference, though, because in the first one, I guess there's a bit of naivety, isn't there, with Stephanie Beecham's role, um, at, uh, her interpretation of the role. And she... He has. That's all right. He can do that. He's our, he's our, skeptic, he's our sensitive of the group. Um, <laughs> I just want to shake that thing. But he's I really want to shake it. He's talking about the mannequin. Really? Yeah. I just really... I keep saying that. All I want to do is go... <laughs> I think this is crossing over to finish the mark. <laughs> no, it's really weird. I just feel like an elbow to, you know, or flip up, flip up the arms. Okay, so whilst Miles is whilst um, whilst Miles has gone Andrew McCarthy on us, I'm. Well, carries plates very well and takes coffee very well. Thank you. No, no. Well, that's what well, is interesting. That's what I was going to come to really. Because it feels like her role kind of shifted a bit for me, and she became a bit. I, I felt she became a bit more formulaic, and I'm mm. probably going to argue where you're coming from. It's it's a somewhat formulaic role. Role. It is. Um, I, she does get her hands dirty though. Like there she was... does. What I liked about her is, despite all the seventies, you know, yes, here's the soup. You've been out late at night, <laughs> chaps, and the you know, let me take the plates. She does also sneak into the mansion behind the police by yes. herself she does find herself in the basement with the vampires yes she does need to be saved mm. but she does have the same as Stephanie Beecham's version of Jessica yep. a bit of up and go yes so yeah that's true yeah and in credit she does do that um Miles do you have any thoughts on Jessica he just wants to <laughs> shake that <laughs> mannequin it's actually it's directed this way it's actually looking at me now actually that has turned hasn't yeah. it yeah no, no, it fucking has. It has. It was straight on. It was it was straight on in the room, and that was tilted. And I turned around, and now it's facing. Okay, we are actually talking about the mannequin that's in this room, <laughs> and yeah. no, that's definitely moved. Yeah, it has moved. It's, it's now We're facing me. Meredith, do you agree? It does feel it has turned a little bit. It, it does feel it has, but we have these exciting lanterns with us. <laughs> and they're burning some sort of oil, which is giving me a migraine. No, that's fully, like, if you that's look at it on this, yeah. What we'll do, guys, what we'll do, um, podcasters, uh, listen to so what we'll do is when Jake, our guide, he's actually left the room because he, he, he finds that the energy levels are a bit too intense in here. We will ask him the question of whether that mannequin's moved and he will. Give us the answer of whether it has or whether it's just a lamp in our heads. Um, anyway, looking at the Hammer Glamour section, so there's um, Valerie von Ost who plays Jane. Now she's more known for being in um, a Carry On Girl, <laughs> and she turned up in actually, <laughs> actually turned like up in films. turned up in four of them in total. Yeah, so she yeah, was quite a regular. 
And um, lastly, there's Pauline Beard. And now she was one of the vampire girls um, who gets killed with the... Um, I was going to say shower. It's not the shower, the um, running water. Running water. Um, now, she was um, in Man About the House, another Hammer film, and also was a carry-on girl. <laughs> There's a pattern. Um, now, a lot it of... It really looks like it's facing us now. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna try and round up. Okay. So now with Pauline Bit, now a lot of fans have actually stated that they wished her role was bigger in this movie. Um, they, there was a lot of people that liked her. I think she probably did enough, really, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> um, I like. I mean, I like the concept of these vampire women chained up down in this basement. Of course you do. <laughs> because I'm sick, but. <laughs> Why would they do that though? I just thought it <laughs> it's just sounded really just bizarre. Seemed to be yeah, what Dracky's little and it was it just is... like keeping his women downstairs. Is that like, what it is? I just found it really a really strange a thing. thing or something. Maybe. I just no, you've already done it, Miles. You've offended um, all the Eastern European women out there. Uh, actually, we probably have quite a few listeners that are from Eastern Europe, so maybe you should uh, backtrack on that one. Okay, let's talk about the final thoughts, our favourite moments. Are there any? And I'll, I'm going to go around the room again, and you just happen to be on the far right. Um, do you have any, um, any favourite moments? Oh, it has to be the freaking... Whoops, I dropped something. Let me just pick this up. Oh... You, yes, you touched the Bible, thank you. Oh, it's Dracula. I know, because the cinematographer didn't do his job right. Like, that is just priceless. That's okay. the best thing. So your favourite part of the movie is uh, a comedy of errors, essentially. <laughs> it was 4.30am <laughs> right. in the writer's room. That's kind of Cool. All right. Yeah. Meredith? I had two personal yep. favourites. Go for it. Um, the, the goons in the vests. Yes, that, that was Which, that no, was no. my that was my favorite part of the costuming, mm-hmm. um, and it was pretty epic. They, they also <laughs> had really good hair and they really had good awesome clothes hair. that they yeah. were sporting. And apart from that, um, a favorite death scene. Cool. I loved the the netting. You know that ah, all, all very convenient. Lady. Convenient That's net, right, yes. and then that was a really good staking. It was which a good staking. You need to see to to fully appreciate. That's true. That is true. There was quite a few good staking moments within it. Um, Thank you. Miles? Um, yeah, I thought it was, the cinematography was great. And, and um, I, I loved the, um, that every gun had a silencer. <laughs> <laughs> and they all had different sounds to each one of them as well. Okay, okay so um, my thoughts, I've got a few things in here just to kind of wrap up. Of course you do. Um, I, do I did like the beginning uh, with the whole what the fuck is going on kind of concept. Uh, it's just a shame that that thought continues throughout the whole movie. Um, <laughs> it did. I was just like, oh yeah, there's lots of there's, there's lots of cogs going, turning, and yeah, yeah, I'm confused. Okay. Um, I also wrote here and about the scene in the burning house with Cushing and Lee. I thought that was very good. Yeah. And I, I actually liked the makeup, and I know you were weren't so keen, but I thought of the time. I thought it was pretty fucking good. Um, I've also mentioned that I liked Freddie Jones as the professor in it, um, albeit his brief performance. Overall, though, I just struggled with the rejigging of the formula to keep the interest of essentially a new audience in, a, in what is dire financial circumstances for Hammer at the time. It really feels like they're clutching so, at straws at this stage. Two decades, 
Yeah. And it yeah. did seem they were throwing every little bit of 1970s raunch at it that they could, and throwing in a spy movie, and throwing yeah, it all into which the I don't blame them for doing it no, though. Do you know what no. I mean? I get, I totally get if you're a producer going right, we've really got to shake things up. What do we do? Okay, crime and horror thrillers seem to be um, seem to be the in thing at the moment. Let's 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 do Dra- let's set Dracula in there. Dracula's are kind of one of our um, you know calling cards mm. um, along with Frankenstein so let's you know let's let's just see what we can do with it uh, don't be here dude. With, a, door. with a bit of concept I think it could have been a lot better cool well that concludes the uh, the second part of our uh, podcast where we talked about the satanic rites of Dracula um, just to remind everyone as well we are recording this at the quarantine station we're actually in the hospital section um and uh, some, there's been some interesting things going on, um, to say the least. But we are going to be moving on to another location, which we'll talk about when we get there. Thank you very much. Okay, we've just finished our podcast in the hospital room. The mannequin, the aforementioned mannequin with the nurse's uniform moved as it rotated a civil degrees to the right during our podcast, apparently. We all seem to agree that yeah. its final position is different to, to uh, the first position when we first entered the room. So that's kind of freaky. Um, oh. <laughs> so Paul... Everyone's fucked off. <laughs> So we really want to do <laughs> another, another one of these. Yeah, I must admit that's that the, the ghost thing was kind of cool, but the sin, the evil side of it, the the manifestation side of it, is probably taking a new twist on this thing that made everybody a little bit edgy during that podcast. Yeah, it's been interesting, isn't it? We've definitely been we've definitely been picking up. I'm like Ant and I had come here before, and as I said, Ant is a skeptic. I have had some kind of experiences before, but. I have to admit, there is definitely an energy about tonight. There certainly is. I mean, I'm picking up on everybody else's energy, and that's freaking me out a bit. I've seen stuff moving tonight as well, which also a light move during one of our podcasts. People listening can probably think we're just making this shit up. Yes, so not making this shit up. Yeah, for the sake of the podcast. I assure you that I'm not. I mean, you can believe me or not, but... Already tonight, I have sent something in the shower block, didn't actually see anything. So from my personal perspective, didn't see anything, but there was definitely a weird energy down there. Here, however, which was interesting because this is where I sensed something last time we came, um, I have witnessed a door slowly opening in the far corner. I've seen um, a mannequin figure has been shifted and moved. Rotated to the right a little Rotated bit. Rotated to the right, yeah. I was just looking to see where, which direction it went. And... Um, and I saw a, a light move really quickly across the room. Um, and I'm getting a weird vibe at the moment, mate. Right. If I'm feeling a bit... Let's roll out, eh? Off. Um, is, have I got everything? Can, we, can you shine the light under the table? That's what I was yeah. It's all good, all good. Okay, Let's roll out, bro. Yeah, let's roll out, bro. This is where you find out there's no doors out of this place. Oh, so it was, oh there it is. <laughs> Here we go. Okay, we're outside. Push it all down. I'm fine. I just tripped. Right. I'm fine. Alright. Now Paul's feeling a bit weird. Have you got the headache? No, I'm 
Migraine or? No, 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 no. There's a weird, there's a weird energy around me. Yeah? Yes. You good, dude? Yeah. Watch your step, watch your step. Okay, well, <laughs> Meredith, what have you got to say about this? Um, still affected by the lamp. Also, the cynical brain is going, you normally fall asleep on the lounge at this time. <laughs> Probably your head spinniness is tiredness. But I think I need a cup of tea and I feel fucking weird. <laughs> How are you I'm picking up on everybody else's vibe and that's what's freaking me out. Which is generally what happens in these sort of things. That is what I wonder. Is there a certain Stockholm syndrome of... It's cold, it's a bit later than usual, yeah. you're out and about, you're in a kind of creepy place. How much of that is, you know, imagining things and going into panic mode? So, Oops, sorry. Oh, sorry just making sure that's all recording. Yeah, no, I 100% agree. I think that's a big part of it. What makes these two so great are the stories. Exactly. All it takes was one person to set everybody else off. And I've been set off, like, this has been awesome. Davies set it off. Big time. Yeah, he started it, and now Paul's been infected, and our tour guy Jake is a bit of a sensitive. So yeah, we're kind of freaked out, but it's Paul's not really feeling good right now. You okay, dude. Yeah. Just take a Where's Where's Miles? He's gone around the corner. This is the point in the movie where. No, no, he went around the corner. He was on the veranda. Right. Okay. Well, we'll just switch off for a second here. Okay, so basically we left the room. Our tour guide, Jake, got really freaked for reasons we can't really explain. He's called for reinforcements. Other, other tour guides who work here have met us outside and they'll help calm him down. And we've shown them some of the photographic evidence we've taken so far and uh, they've really loved it. Yeah, it looks, kind of looks like a face or whether it's mm. still the same okay. two silhouettes. I don't know. Yeah, that's very cool. Mm. Mm. Yeah. How are you feeling now? Are you okay? I'm feeling better, but... Yeah. You just need to stand strong with him yeah. and just tell him to back off. Oh, no, he's trying to scare you. So you I need to just go F off, like. Yeah. Where are you going now? We're going to go up to P27. Cool. Okay. So. I'll send Sam with you. Thank you. We've got a... Uh, so we've got two two guides now. Two we were gonna just are you going to do it? We're going to do more. You're going to do more? Yeah, yeah, good. Signs will love it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So um, I'm sensing the energy going now. Yeah. Um, it was Shake when we were stood, stood up. The more you let it get to you, yeah. the more he Thank will keep you. going. Just <laughs> yeah. go away. Just go away. Yeah. Have a good night, you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah. He often hangs around Lauren and Dean, so... Um, Are we waiting for this other guy coming no, up? No, or no, you no, uh, he's already gone. He went in to talk to Lauren about it, so we're going to go up this way okay. now. Is it what that couple went? Yeah, My no eyebrow is raising. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Meredith and I hanging back, the two cynics. Meredith, what do you think of that entire scene? Oh, it's going to take me a wee while to process that one. Um, obviously, like, I do not doubt for a moment that these guys are quite affected by They believe what they is happening is real. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, I must say, I don't know about you, I haven't seen anything, whether that's a thing of blocking myself off from these things, mm -hmm. to not poo myself, <laughs> I don't know. That's where I'm at right now. Right. Maybe you're asking for trouble talking about Dracula in these places. I, I think it's, again, that Stockholm Syndrome thing of you're talking about something scary. Mm. Actually, I, I find... I actually... 
came here. Jake said something. Is this off okay. loft record? No, no, this oh, is on record. Oh, Jake's about to say something. Here we go. Okay, so the reason why I believe that we're having so much activity tonight is apart from having two sensitives along with myself, I actually came here at 12 o'clock today after a very, very restless night and I slept in that building right there. So can you, for the sake of the audio, can you explain what the building is behind the us? The building behind us is doctors and nurses quarters. And uh, because I was in a building that's surrounded by spirits, it's very possible that I may have absorbed a little bit of the energy that was within the building. Yeah. And that's why the spirits are interacting. Finding with it, it easy, an easier channel to easier kind channel of connect. To yeah, yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Let's wow. Thanks, for, thanks for the show, buddy. So far. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Kinda so why did awesome. you sleep in there last night? Is that one of the? No, I slept in here today. Oh today. Oh today. Sorry. Because uh, I came straight from the city. So power nap. And I had a power nap for about five hours. So um, yeah, I probably absorbed a bit of the energy within that room. Okay, we're doing something called white lighting. We're going to blast the spirit. Apparently, to help get him off our tour guide, Jake. Uh, this is something that wasn't on the schedule or on the tour. He's not a person. He's a manifestation. Uh, he's a, yeah, he's, yeah, he's a manifestation. And that's why I think I, that's I just. That's what I'm confused yeah. about because I don't know that yes. much about these things. So when it's sort yeah. of versus like a yeah. person versus yes. just a. It's an energy. Energy. Just an energy. The, okay. Pretty much, yeah. All right. Why? Um, that's the nickname he was given because the first time he was seen, Dean saw a, like a seven foot tall man in a top hat. Yep. But the guy that was with him yeah. looked underneath and saw four guys. Ah. So, yeah. Right. And to be a religious and so person and see she's gone, and yeah. you know what she thinks when yeah. she sees that. Mm. But yeah, so then we've kind of had to not play around with him, but yeah, experiment yeah. to go, okay, what actually are you? Jake was so saying that is like, he tends there. to attach to the guys more because, yes, because you're connected here to the place mm -hmm. as well, aren't yeah. you? And it's, it's yeah. that regular energy that's coming yes. in and out of the place. Yeah. Um, so you're opening up the channels more often. Yes, yes. Yeah. Okay. So like I'm telling you right now, Respectfully, we're giving you the opportunity to back off and leave Jake alone and leave everyone alone that is in this room. It does not mean that you can jump to someone else and follow them around for the rest of the night. It stops here. If you don't, we will have no other choice but to blast you with white light and then you'll be completely and utterly weakened and you won't be able to have fun with all the other people on the ghost tours. So the choice is yours. It's gone much lighter, in this right? room. Yeah. Oh, like I've just noticed the temperatures. Because like Jake's one. now changing his energy. Yeah. So if he's aware. I'm feeling much better. Yeah. <laughs> What's wrong with you? You good now? Yeah. Say thanks, Sam. Thanks. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> to be continued.